Well, hey everybody. Good morning again. Um, just thank the Lord. Let's just let's just let's just give the Lord an offering. Let's just thank Him. Yeah, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you. Thank you that uh, you're worthy of it all. That you are so good. Well, friends, I just um, am excited. I'm going to invite my uh, good friend Millen uh, Doshi up. Uh, Millen's going to share today. If you guys don't know Millen, Millen's awesome. I got to meet him last year when uh, we were in the process of interviewing here. And Millen has done a bunch of stuff in this church, led small groups, ministries, been on staff, uh, uh, been on the board. And he's just jack of all trades, and he loves Jesus, and he's a ninja, and he's got a great haircut. So um, I'm just uh, thankful to have him up here today. And uh, you guys are, are in for a special treat. I'm just going to pray for you, Millen. Lord, I thanks for my brother. Thank you for his heart for you, for his family, for their heart for you. I pray that you would just upload him, Lord, today, that as, as you've been doing the last couple of weeks, that you would just speak to him and through him, and you just move in a mighty way, Lord, as he shares today, as he serves, as he loves, as he preaches. I pray, Lord, that, uh, Lord, that you would dial up in him whatever uh, you want to come out, and that he wouldn't hold anything back today, and that you would just bless him, Lord, and that you would just fill us and give us ears to hear and minds to perceive, hearts to understand, Lord, and just... Uh, would you fill this place up today? And we thank you that you are worthy of it all. In Jesus' name, Lord, amen. amen. Thanks, Thanks, Ryan. Steve. What up, family? How's it going? So uh, my name is Millen. For those of you who don't know me, um, I've been coming here for a long time. You'll see, 15 years or so. I haven't been on stage in like three years, y'all. So this is really fun to be up here talking to you beautiful people. Some of you are beautiful. Some of you should have shaved. It's all good. But uh, I'm really happy to be here, and uh, we're going to continue in our series, Things Can Change, where we've been covering the Gospel of Mark, and I don't know, man, this series has been getting me shook. Can y'all feel me on that? Like, this series has been powerful. You could summarize Jesus' entire ministry in those three words, things can change. People had felt hopeless. People felt there was nothing that could happen that could change their circumstances. But Jesus entered the scene and things changed, right? Even in 2022, right now, Jesus is on the move and things are changing. I have every hope and confidence of that. So uh, today we're going to continue in that series. And I have a really important question to ask you as we start the series. So if you are a note taker, you could write this one down because I want you to give it some thought. That question is, how many things in your life would you say is worth it all? I'll say it again. How many things in your life would you say is worth it all? Now, for parents, you know, you might immediately say, you know what, Millen, my kids are worth it all to me. I do everything for them. They're worth it all. For others, maybe you're in debt. And so you're like, man, being debt free is worth it all to me. I can't wait to get that over with. And for others, maybe it's I'm in love. You know, I got a girlfriend, boyfriend. Maybe they're worth it all to you. The number is endless. Now, hopefully, I'm talking to a room that's full of followers of Jesus. You would say Jesus is worth it all. And in fact, I'd love to hear you say it. Can you say Jesus is worth it all? Jesus is worth it all. Y'all are convincing me. I was like, am I going to have to make them say it twice? Not today. Y'all believe the coffee's working. I love it. So here's the thing. Like, I know in my head that Jesus is worth it all. I can say that with full confidence. But if I'm being completely honest with you all, I don't always live a life that reflects that. 
my actions don't always reflect that belief. Now, even if you're not a follower of Jesus, you could relate. You know, you might say, well, Millen, you know, being debt-free is something that's worth it all to me, but maybe you spend money that you don't have, you don't have a budget, you're buying things you don't need, and you're stuck in this never-ending debt hole that you say you value and is worth it all. Or is it really worth it all to you in those moments? Or maybe for me, you know, my lovely wife, Rebecca, you know, she's staying up late at night doing 20 loads of laundry. She has a to-do list a mile long. She's not going to get to bed until 3 a.m. But if I do nothing to help her in those moments, is she worth it all to me in those moments, right? It starts to become ouch moments after a while. Now, you might say, Jesus is worth it all to you. But I feel like for many of us, I know I'm preaching to myself, maybe you have the posture of, uh, I have to do this thing. I have to go to church. I have to get connected to a small group. I have to pray. I have to read my Bible. You're a have to Christian, maybe, versus a I get to, right? I get to spend time in the Word of God. I get to spend time with Jesus, I get to see my family at church on Sundays. Do you see the big difference in posture there, friends? Are we living a life where Jesus is worth it all when we're in the have to posture? So what does it mean to live a life where Jesus is worth it all? That's the question, right? Now, if we could answer that question and we can live a life where Jesus is worth it all, things can change. I fully believe that. And I believe things will change. And so today, we're going to look at an amazing example in the Bible uh, of a woman who lived her life like Jesus was worth it all. Uh, she's, she's become a hero of mine. So I think we're going to learn a thing or two from her. But before we get into that, let's pray. Father God, we give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. Holy Spirit, I invite you to come and fill this place I know people are dealing with some heavy things right now, Lord. Maybe people are dealing with death in the family or a friend, or they're dealing with you know, illnesses, debt. Uh, you name it, God, fill in the blank. People are hurting right now. And right now, I pray you would quiet our minds, Lord, from, from all the what-ifs and help us give you full attention. Help us feel your peace in this moment right now. And we just thank you, God, that you lived a life where we were worth it all to you by dying on the cross for us. Help us, Lord, to live a life where you are worth it all to us. We pray this in Jesus' mighty and powerful name. Amen. All right, let's run this clip. Stories of the Bible. Jesus is anointed at Bethany. This is Jesus. Heyo! who is the Son of God and the Savior of the world. While Jesus was on earth, he taught everyone about God's love and healed people from their sickness. He did many miracles like calming storms and even raised people from the dead. At this time, the Jewish people were getting ready to celebrate a festival called Passover that had been celebrated since the time of Moses when God brought his people out of Egypt. Two days before the Passover, Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon. Hey, 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 come on in! A man who had previously had leprosy. 
While Jesus was eating, a woman came in with a beautiful jar of expensive perfume. She broke the jar open and poured perfume over Jesus' head. Jesus' disciples were upset when they saw this. They said, what a waste! It could have been sold for a high price and the money given to the poor. What did you do that for? So they scolded the woman. Ah, uh, hold on there. But Jesus said, leave her alone. Why criticize her for doing such a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you, and you can help them whenever you want to, but you will not always have me. She has poured this perfume on me to prepare my body for burial. I tell you the truth, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered. All right. I love that video. I love kid Bible videos, by the way. They're far more fun, don't you think? So that... that um, video really puts to life what we're going to read today. So if you have your Bibles, you can flip to Mark chapter 14. We're going to read verses 1 through 10. Otherwise, it will be on the screen. Here is what we read. Now the Passover and the festival of unleavened bread were only two days away. And the chief priests and the teachers of the law were scheming to arrest Jesus secretly and to kill him. But not during the festival, they said, or the people may riot. While he was in Bethany reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Now some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. Leave her alone, said Jesus. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, and you can help them anytime you want, but you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the 12, went to the chief priest to betray Jesus to them. Okay, there is a lot of gold in this passage of scripture, y'all. And usually I charge you for this. I'm gonna give it to you for free today, so you in luck. But there's a lot of gold here. So what I want us to do to fully understand these 10 verses, we gotta look at a little bit of context. So uh, on the screen is gonna be a nice little uh, map of that week for Jesus. We're gonna get that pulled up. There it is. I didn't make this map. I done stole this map. I'll repent later. Pastors steal all the time from Google. It's all good. But this is the Passion Week, all right? These are the days leading up to Jesus' death and crucifixion. And so scholars believe this, this passage of Scripture probably happened on Wednesday, okay? We see that Judas betrays um, Jesus at the end, and we, we read that in Mark chapter 14. So right there in the middle of the week is where we think it was. And some more Bible trivia for you. This will be good if you're on Bible trivia one day. Wednesday through Friday of that week, uh, scholars call that the, the, the days of messianic preparation, okay? What does Messiah mean? Shout it out if you know. Chosen one, who else? Anybody else? Savior, all right, y'all good. It also means the anointed one, right? So, so we got some people that would, would have won something from Bible trivia there, so that's good. Now, 
Jesus' ministry was pretty much over at this point. He was trying to prepare his disciples that he was going to die. He was no longer going to be with them. Uh, he wanted to prepare them to carry on without him. But as we read in the Gospels, I just don't think the disciples were fully grasping this or really understood it or wanted to believe it. Um, if we remember Mark chapter 8, Peter actually rebukes Jesus. Uh, and Jesus says, get behind me, Satan, right? That powerful scene. And that's because he said he was going to die, right? So I don't think the disciples liked that, that their homie was going to die. They felt sad. So I think they were choosing not to believe it. But what really astonishes me in the verses that we read is I believe Mary actually understood this. And we're going to look at why. And by the way, this is not Mary Magdalene. This is not Mary, the mother of Jesus. This is Mary, uh, Lazarus, and Martha's sister, if you remember those folks. Uh, they were really tight with Jesus, so they were all pretty good friends. So I believe Mary demonstrates a life where Jesus is worth it all. And the first way she does this is through her obedience, okay? Obedience is a sign in our lives that Jesus is worth it all. So here's what we read in verse 3. While he was in Bethany, reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Okay, this is a powerful scene. Now, women, if you know about Bible times, right, they just weren't treated that well back then. They weren't revered very highly. And so Mary was breaking a lot of societal norms with what she did. She wasn't invited at that moment. There were just a bunch, it was like a guy's club at that time, right? So she comes on in uninvited. That's strike one, right? Strike two, she's doing it with a bunch of men there. Strike three, she done busted open a jar and poured it on the star, the star of the show's head, right? So she's going through a lot of opposition. But you might say, Millen, why on earth did she do that? Well, I don't believe it was normal behavior for people just to go in and bust open jars on people's heads, right? I mean, that would have been a weird thing if it was normal, right? I believe she was acting on a spiritual prompting. I believe she was being obedient to the Father. And you know what? Sometimes being obedient to the Father can be hard, right? Sometimes it can be hard. And she obeyed even through all of those obstacles, being judged, being ridiculed, knowing she was going against societal norms. She obeyed anyways because I believe Jesus was worth it all to her. But you're like, Millen, why did she do it, though? Why did she dump that all over his head? What does Messiah mean again, church? Tell me one more time. The anointed one, right. She was anointing Jesus. Jesus hadn't gotten a proper anointing until this point in his ministry, and he is king. See, in the Old Testament, prophets, priests, and kings were anointed, and we all know Jesus is king, and I believe she had that insight, and so she gave him a proper anointing, and she actually gave him a whole pint of it that day. It was, it was a, a large anointing. So Jesus was worth it all to her through that obedience. My question to you, church, is what is God calling you to obey right now in this season of your life? You know, for people that have been walking with Jesus for a long time and they feel stuck, I usually tell them you should probably obey the last thing he told you to do. Start there. 
And if you're like, Millen, I don't know what that is. If you don't know what that is, what I would recommend is that you press in. You start to pray with, with, a, with a pure heart, with the posture of, Lord, I want to obey you. I want to live a life where you're worth it all. Show me where you want me to obey you, Lord. I'd start there and read the word of God because it's the truth and it's the living word. He speaks to us through the Bible. I truly believe if you approach it in that posture, he's gonna give you marching orders. That's the kind of God that we serve. Um, my good friend, Kate Durkles, I don't know if Kate's in here, but my good friend, Kate Durkles, used to always say, God loves us too much for us to stay the way we are with all of our hurts, habits, and hangups. He just loves us too much to stay in that. And so he will call us to obey him, to break through some chains, right? To break through addictions, to break through selfishness, to, to, to be more generous, to be more like Jesus. If, you, if you've been following Jesus a while, you know what I'm saying is true. He calls us to do that and it's because he loves us. So he's gonna call you to obey him because he wants more freedom in your life. So Jesus is worth it all. He is worth our obedience. The second lesson we can learn from Mary is her sacrifice. Sacrifice demonstrates that Jesus is worth it all. Here's what we read in verse four. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. You know, we find out in the Gospel of John chapter 12 that this same scene happens. And in the Gospel of John chapter 12, we read that this was worth 300 denarii. It's a lot of change, y'all, because back then a daily wage was one denarii, right? So she's given out 300 days of wages like she poured it on him like it didn't cost her anything, right? But it cost her almost an annual salary, and I believe that was probably her most priceless possession. And she sacrificed it for the king because he, he needed a proper anointing. In fact, in the Gospel of John chapter 12, we read that it was so much that it didn't just cover his head. It went all the way you know, to his feet. If you pour a pint of beer on somebody's head, it's not just going to go on their head, right? It's going to go everywhere. He got a pint of the good stuff. This wasn't like that Equate brand cologne at Walmart, right? Now, I'm not hating on you if you wear Equate. Shout out to you, Equate. Equate's all good. Um, this would be like that doTERRA. If you sell that doTERRA today, that real concentrated stuff, this was really pure concentrated stuff. And she just poured out a whole pint of it all over him, right? So she did it because he was worth it all. You might say, but Millen, really, dude, like, why did she need to break the jar? Why couldn't she have dipped her finger in that thing and anointed his head? It's a good question, okay? Here is my answer, which could be debated. And if you want to debate me, that's cool. I'll give up. It's not a hill I'll die on. But here's the thing. One, I think she did it to show that he's worth everything, that it doesn't matter to her that that was a year's worth of wages. That's going to go all to my king, and he's going to get the proper anointing he deserves. That's one reason. But another reason could be, if you got a pound of that stuff or a pint of that stuff poured on you, it's going to smell up the whole room, right? And I'm not sure if Jesus showered every day. Like, I'm not judging him if he didn't. It's all good. He's king. Um, I don't even shower every day, y'all, okay? That's, that's a confession. Um, but this, this might have been a thing, too, where maybe even days later, people smelled it on him because it was very concentrated, right? And people, when they smelled something like that, 
they would have associated it with an anointing, right? Because something that was that costly, people just didn't put that on and go to like Ruth Chris back then, right? Like that was a very special anointing oil. And so I think when people saw Jesus and they smelled that, they would have associated that with an anointing and he, he is king. So you would have been reminded that he was king. Maybe even as he was walking up to the cross, people smelled that. So there's some theology for you that could be debated, but that's one theory, okay? The point is, she sacrificed it all for Jesus because he was worth it all to her. So again, friends, what in your life might God be calling you to sacrifice for him? Because I wanna tell you this. Sacrifice is the natural response to love. You could write that down if you want. Sacrifice is the natural response to love. If you are a parent in the room, you know what I'm saying is true. You have kids, you're gonna sacrifice. It's just the name of the game. You're gonna sacrifice your sleep, which really, ugh, who likes that, right? You're gonna sacrifice that. You're gonna sacrifice your time. You're gonna sacrifice your energy. You're gonna sacrifice your money because they want things. They want your money, right? Your kids, they deserve, they're gonna be worth it all to you. You're gonna sacrifice to them and you're gonna do it because of your great love for them, right? It doesn't even have to be kids though, right? It could be a good friend, a family member, what have you. If somebody does something really nice to you, they sacrifice for you, the natural response is you thank them for it, but don't you wanna do something back to show your appreciation, Right? You kind of want to sacrifice for them too. Maybe you want to make, you know, a pie for them or uh, sacrifice some of your time for them. So this sacrifice concept is not foreign to us, right? I think we were wired that way to an extent. But sometimes what happens in our walk with Jesus is we get desensitized to the fact that we serve a sacrificial king. Sometimes we get desensitized to everything Jesus has done for us right? That he died a very painful death for us, that he's still in the business of being with us, that he is our dad, that he wants to spend time with us. He's in our lowest lows and our highest highs, and he is still sacrificing for us today. Sometimes we lose sight of that, because if we fully understood that, then this, our sacrifice would be the natural response. Does that make sense? And so what that kind of looks like, too, is Maybe that looks like sacrificing your time for Jesus. Maybe for some of you, you're in that have-to mindset, but once you start to meditate on the love of God that he has for you, and you start to meditate and pray, God, show me how much it is you love me. Show me how much it is you sacrifice for me. Some of us need to start there, and our sacrifice will be a natural response then maybe we will want to start to pray and get to know the Father. We'll want to sacrifice our time for him, our money for him. And I'll tell you what, friends, sacrificing for Jesus is never a bad thing, okay? When I have sacrificed for Jesus, he just tends to bless me. And it's not like a formula or anything like that, but it pleases him, right, when we sacrifice for him. It's a powerful thing. Jesus is always worth sacrificing for. Now, the last thing that we learn from Mary is that when we live a life where Jesus is worth it all, when we obey him, when we sacrifice for him, it pleases God. Here's what we read in the, in the final verses in six through nine. Leave her alone, said Jesus. Why are you bothering her? She's done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you and you can help them anytime you want, but you will not always have me. 
she did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. So Jesus is defending her to these room of haters, right? He's defending her. He's even explaining to them why she did what she did for his burial, right? So again, he is reminding them that he is going to die yet again in that scene. Then he makes a mic drop statement, like a a true mic drop statement at the end. He says, wherever the gospel is preached, what she has done will be told in memory of her. That is powerful, y'all. How many times in the gospels has he said that? That is a very powerful statement. I would want Jesus to make a statement like that for me. That would be amazing, right? It's safe to say that Mary's act and her sacrifice pleased Jesus. And look, friends, when all is said and done, when everything fades to black and I meet Jesus, I want him to say, Millen, well done. Your obedience and your sacrifice please me. Amen? Amen. Isn't that what we want? We want to live a life where we're pleasing the Father. So we can learn a thing or two from Mary. And here's the thing, too, as I was thinking about it. When you live a life where Jesus is worth it all, when you put him first place, okay, not your kid's first place, not anything else first place. When you put Jesus first place, right, he's worth it all. Guess what happens? Every other relationship in your life benefits. It just does, because here's what happens. We spend time with Jesus. We sacrifice for Jesus. We obey for Jesus. What does that do to us, friends? That starts to transform us, right? He starts to mold us into better versions of ourselves, into more Christ-like people. And I don't know about you, but I'm attracted to being around people that look like Jesus, right? I am. I just want to spend time with them. There are some of y'all I don't want to spend time with. I'm going to be real with you right now. I ain't going to point no elbows or nothing like that. No, I'm just, I'm just joking. I'm in the club too. So the more like Jesus we, we become, the more, uh, the more it benefits all of our relationships. I'm going to be a better husband. I'm going to be a better uh, sibling. I'm going to be a better worker. Fill in the blank. You'll just be a better that when you start to obey and sacrifice it all for Jesus. It's, it's a fun way of living. Now, I'm going to get vulnerable with you all real quick. I want to share a personal story of things that have been happening with me to tie all this in. Um, last year, I was kind of living my best life, right? Um, I, things at job were going good. Um, I, was, I was, you know, climbing the corporate ladder, so to speak. Um, I was having a lot of fun with my friends. Like, I was just a really happy dude last year, and it felt really good. But then what started to happen was anxiety started to creep into my life. Now, some of y'all know I don't shy away from telling you I've struggled with anxiety since I was little. It started to creep into my life again, and I felt like the Lord prompted me and said, hey, Millen, this time I want you to see a specialist about what you're dealing with because I have a a certain type of mental uh, health issue that I needed to see a specialist for. And so I said, okay, I'll do it, God. I went, made an appointment, and it was a great decision. I learned a lot of cool things. Um, I still see him to this day. Uh, He gave me some tools to work on, and I'm so glad I obeyed the Father in that moment because things did get worse. Um, Around the December timeframe, late December, January, my anxiety just went full-blown, out of control. Um, I had never experienced it like that before. It really scared me. Um, I was kind of at the end of my rope. It was impacting my sleep. It was 
freaking me out. I didn't know how I was gonna weather that storm. And um, had I not obeyed God and had that foundation with the counselor, I think it would have been worse, to be honest with you. So I was really scared, family. I was really scared. And I was desperately clinging to the Father. I'm like, Jesus, I need you right now. I've never weathered anything like this. And you know what? He was so faithful in those nights where I couldn't sleep or in those moments where anxiety was welling up in me, he would speak to me. You know, he tends to shout at us in our pain if we listen well enough. And he was speaking to me and he was taking me on a journey, friends, a journey of learning to trust him, a journey of learning how to lean on his strength and not my own. Because the truth of the matter is I had been leaning on my strength for far too long. And so he said, Millen, learn to lean on me instead. And so I've been learning that family. I'm not there yet, but I've been learning. The next lesson he started to teach me was sacrifice. Now, in between sacrifice and obedience, he kind of took me on a season through repentance. You know, God will do that to us, friends. When we get real serious about our walk with Jesus, he's gonna, he's gonna show you things that you need to deal with, right? I had some things that were like swept under the rug. I didn't know they were there, some sin in my life that I didn't realize was there. And I entered a season of repentance and it was a beautiful thing. It was a beautiful thing because I felt the grace of God and the forgiveness. Um, I started to make things right. You know, that's part of it. We're, we're gonna mess up sometimes, but we gotta make things right, right? So I started to sacrifice. Um, I started to learn how to sacrifice for my wife, which was long overdue. She had been pulling her weight way more than she needed to, and it's bettered our marriage. Um, I learned how to sacrifice my time for Jesus. Um, now I, I, I can honestly tell you, I can't imagine, I cannot imagine a day right now where I, I wouldn't spend time with Jesus. Like it's not a get to mentality right now, it's a have to. God started shifting that in me. Um, he's teaching me the beauty of sacrifice and serving others again. So I'll tell you, even in the storm, friends, there can be a lot of beauty. And I'm seeing a lot of beauty. So he has been firsthand. I've, it's, funny that, uh, it's funny that Ryan told me to preach this because I'm totally preaching to myself, right? This whole thing with obedience, with sacrifice and it pleasing God. I'm like, I'm living this out right now and I'm messing up too, friends. I have good days, I have bad days. I'm not gonna lie. But those days where I sacrifice and I obey God and I release that control, that's another thing. I like to control everything, right? When I release that control and say, you know what, God, I surrender it to you. I can't control this thing. I believe it pleases the Father when I'm doing that. And I experience little moments of breakthrough each time I do that. So I don't know what you all are going through today. I don't know what storm you might be going through today. Or I don't know if you're just in a dry season with God today. But what I want to tell you, friends, hear it from me. Hear it from somebody that's living it right now. When you obey God, when you sacrifice for God, it will please him and you will change. Things can change, friends. Do y'all believe me on that? Things can change if you just press in to the Lord. He is good. He is good. Let's stand. I'm gonna invite the uh, prayer teams to come forward. We're gonna spend a little time here Here's what we're gonna do. Let's, let's bow our heads and close our eyes real quick, okay? I feel like God wants to do something. I didn't really prepare for this. I just feel like the Spirit's gonna do something. Um, 
Holy Spirit, I just pray again that you would just come and make your presence known in a powerful way right now. I feel like there are maybe a good number of you right now that have been living a checkbox Christianity life, okay? Maybe you've been living a, I have to do this Christianity life, that posture. If that is you, I'm gonna pray a prayer here. I'm gonna pray a prayer maybe to even recommit your life to Jesus. Like, I don't know, I just feel like doing that. And um, a prayer for you to start shifting to a, I get to. Yeah. So Lord, right now, I'll start, I'll start from the beginning. If, there are, if there's anyone here that doesn't know you as Lord, Holy Spirit, would you move right now and stir in them? I'm gonna say words to a prayer to make Jesus Lord of our lives. We don't always do this, but I feel like I should do this right now. Father God, I do not have all the answers. I'm still confused. I'm still seeking. But something tells me you're real. So I believe, Jesus, that you are Lord and Savior. I believe you died on the cross for my sins and came back to life. Right now, in this moment, I make you Lord of my life. Hey, look, if that's you again, would you, would you raise your hand proudly if that's you? God bless you guys. God bless you. I see a few hands. Praise the Lord. For others, if you are a I have to Christian, and this is gonna take vulnerability, y'all. This is gonna take boldness, okay? But if you feel like you are in a have to spot where this is a chore to you, but you desperately want that to change, you wanna live a life like Mary lived where Jesus is worth it all. Would you raise your hands? All right, a lot of hands up right now. That's awesome. Keep, keep them up, okay, just for a second. Jesus, come right now. Fill this place, Lord, for everyone who is feeling that way, where they are in a have to do this motion with you, Lord. Would you break that in the name of Jesus? Lord, would you just fill them with your presence right now? Give them a hug. Let them know how much it is you love them, God. I pray they feel your presence, Lord, in a powerful way. And I pray right now you would just shift their posture to I get to. I get to read the word of God and have it change my life. I get to talk to my Father in heaven every day. I get to do business with him. I get to obey him. I get to sacrifice for him because he knows better than I do. Would you start to make that change, Lord? Show people right now. I feel like for some of you, that's gonna require some significant sacrifice. That's what I'm getting right now. For some of you, that means you're gonna have to cut off some relationships for a while, some, maybe some toxic relationships that are not right for you right now. For some of you, that's gonna be really uncomfortable. It might mean you live on a budget and you stick to it because God cares about that part of your life. For others of you, it might mean you need to stop playing with your phone all day, right? I'm preaching to myself on that one too. I like my phone. For some of you, it might mean you're gonna have to sacrifice binge-watching Netflix and spend some time reading the word of God or walking outside and praying to Jesus. This takes sacrifice, folks, but it yields fruit. I can't remember a time where Netflix yielded fruit in my life. 
So would you come, Holy Spirit, show each and every one of us where we are making other things an idol in our lives, where we are making other things a priority over you, the one who paid it all for us, the one who is worthy of it all, the one who is worth it all. Help us live a life, Jesus, where you are worth it all. Mm. Just, just, just give me like 10 more, give me 20 more seconds of awkwardness, okay? There are some of you that I'm getting right now that have been believing a very big lie or maybe multiple lies um, that's, that's holding you back. Like that's preventing you from being what God wants you to be. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do things a little different. If that is you, if you're bold enough, if you've been believing a lie, head to this, head to this part, part of the room. Get prayer, even right now. Come on up. Don't wait for me to say amen, okay? For others of you, if you have no idea how you're going to shift from an I have to follower of Jesus to an I get to follower of Jesus, come to this side right here. I don't know why I'm feeling sides. Come to this side, okay? Don't wait for me, all right? Don't be polite. And for others, if you're just feeling hopeless, because I, I felt that a lot before we came out today, the hope has just been sucked out of you. You don't, you don't know how you're going to make it or you don't know how things will get better, we want to pray with you, okay? Jesus, come. As people leave here today, Lord, I pray you would literally stop their feet from escaping the sanctuary if you want them to get prayer. I'm praying that you would capture their heart right now, God. I'm even getting a little emotional saying this, you know. He wants to change lives, folks. But if we're so caught up in our agenda, in our timeline, it's gonna prevent him from moving. Y'all feel me? We have to surrender. We have to surrender what it looks like and give it to him. And that is very hard. I don't pretend it's easy. Let's do this together. You know, the founding pastor, Barry, used to say something like this. He said, look, we're just a bunch of broken people helping, helping each other out. That's all we are. None of us here on stage have all the answers. We're all trying to help each other look more like Jesus. Don't leave here today. If you're feeling some kind of stirring, let's do this together. Let's be a family, okay? Thank you, Jesus, for what you have been doing here today. And thank you for what you're gonna continue to do throughout this series and in our lives. You're worthy of it all, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please come up and get prayer, okay?